Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of telling everybody everything. I hadn't really considered ever splitting the podcast into series, though I will tell you from a production standpoint, when you upload it into Acast, it says, what episode is this? What series is this? And I've just always put that blank. And now I've decided after someone helpfully pointed out to me that there are 100 episodes, I said, well, do you know what? It's series two. We're going to have a 100 episode series one, like the Big Bang Theory. And yeah, it's just going to draw a line there. I took two weeks off, not um, unnoticed. Everyone in my DMs, in my emails, where's the podcast? Where's that free thing I don't pay for? Where's your podcast? Hurry up, Catherine, get the pod. Listen, I am very, very honored and touched that you listen to the podcast, that you get used to having it to put on when you're driving to work or when you're walking the dog or doing the kitchen, doing the garden, whatever it is that you do. I love that regularity of my favorite podcasts as well. But I'm sorry, I've noticed other podcasts take breaks. So now you have 100 more break-free episodes to hopefully look forward to. And you're lucky that I took two weeks off because these last two weeks, a lot has gone down. A bird tried to kill us by burning down our home. But before I get to that... Uh, yeah, I know. It's a huge cliffhanger, but I'm not even joking. A bird tried to kill us. Before I get to that, today is April 24th. That is my dad's 70th birthday. And I do this thing every year where I send as many balloons as the age that you are to my friends and family. And it's kind of, I don't know, it started as a joke probably 20 years ago, actually. The first person I sent all these balloons too was my best friend Caitlin she was working in Sarnia at the time it must have been for a year maybe she had just finished university so it would have been a little bit fewer than 20 years it was like her 20th or 21st birthday and I sent 21 balloons to her office Caitlin a very clever person but at the time I guess less so loaded all these balloons into her car helium balloons like 21 helium balloons drove home got in an accident I mean, it's meant to be an inconvenience, the balloons. It's meant to be a bit, oh, oh my gosh, all these balloons. But you're not actually meant to get in a car crash. So I kind of pulled back on Caitlin. But my dad is one who, like, you know, your dad, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't want you to go out and buy him anything. He wants a phone call, a Zoom, if he is so inclined to learn how to work that, uh, WhatsApp, video chat, FaceTime. And you can do something like send him a little Guinness gift basket or a bunch of balloons. That's what I do. And then my dad has children in the neighborhood that he's friends with, which is less sinister than it sounds, just grandchildren of his friends who have the good, respectful nature to live near their family that I don't. And he sees those children. He knows those children probably better than he knows his own grandchildren. They come over to say happy birthday. They walk away with fistfuls of balloons. Helium balloons tied to strings. It's a great time for everyone. So I sent those, and I feel like it's a popular gesture. I really like to do it. It's um, They do this thing in Sarnia now, Sarnia, Ontario, where I'm from, if you don't know. They started it in lockdown doing, like, drive-by birthdays where people would tie balloons to their cars, lean out of cars with signs as though it was some type of ugh, ticketing parade. And they would drive by and honk horns. Everything about this is so obnoxious to me. Everything about it. But it did make kids feel really excited. Kids come out into the lawn and wave. And their friends are in cars with their parents just eh, 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 leaning out the window with signs. 
fine. I understand how, I mean, the lockdowns were so damaging to kids. Anyway, how fucking mean is it to be like, you can't have birthday birthday parties for two years, but also what a disturbance in the neighborhood to have people like with pots and pans out the car windows too. Like, it's so Sarnia. And the other thing that they started doing was decorating lawns. You might have seen this flamingos on lawns when a baby's born or a bunch of, uh, maybe they don't even do this in the UK. It's very deeply Sarnia thing. You know how sometimes you don't even realize that the thing you grew up with is exclusive to your town until you say to your friend, hey, remember, remember on Christmas morning when Santa Claus always got too drunk with the family on Christmas Eve to do your stocking properly? So it'd run out to the 24 hour pharmacy and you'd get like lottery tickets and razor blades. Remember that? And everyone else goes, what? No, are you OK? Sarnia <laughs> does these like cardboard spikes like a real estate sign but a bunch of characters or cars or you know just cartoony things or cakes or flamingos and they fuck up your lawn with it and the woman who does my dad's balloons every year asks me well another thing that we could do is we could put 70 turtles in the lawn uh, with some big absolutely and I tell her to her face I'm like listen I find that trend lamentable Please never suggest it to me again. I don't even like to hear about it. I don't even like it to be suggested to me. No. My dad would probably love it, though. My dad loves Sarnia. Okay. The moment you've been waiting for. We've had bad luck in the Ryan Kutstra household before. Uh, We have been burgled, yes. When I lived in a church flat, I did set that on fire, though it wasn't my fault. Basically, what I did is I purchased the house. The purchase went through on the morning the Brexit vote was announced. I have zero, uh, what's the word? Like, I haven't gained any equity in that property since I bought it at all. It is, and, And that's unheard of in London. I think it's worth less than what I bought it for. On that fateful day in 2016. (sighs) And when I turned on the lights outside, because it was like a garden, ground floor, church flat, the lights didn't come on. And I just kind of went, oh, that's weird. Went in the house, went to bed. 5 a.m., I could smell a distinctive electrical fire. I look out my window, my beautiful stained glass church window into the lawn And it is smoldering. There's lots of smoke just pouring into the church. What you don't want to do is burn down a church in your life. You know, there are enough people who are annoyed that I was living in a church. I'd be dropped off by drivers. You know, my Nana was very concerned. Was it deconsecrated? Which means when they turn a church into flats, like a priest has to go in and take Jesus out so you can fuck in it or something or swear. Uh, Yeah, basically, I think it's fine to live there, but you don't want to burn it down. We were not allowed gas-powered anything. Everything in that church was electric. So I rang 101, which, by the way, is the number that you have to call if you have a non-emergency. And I just said to them, oh, my garden's smoldering and it smells like electrical fire. Don't really know what's going on. They said, anytime it's a fire, you call 999. Fire is always an emergency and they want to investigate anyway. So call them. So I I rang them. A huge fire truck comes, 5 a.m. in the neighborhood. Uh, 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 Like it was a Sarnia birthday. And all these sexy firemen came to the church and they investigated and they were such firemen, too, because I said, oh, sorry, I'm I'm very British now. Sorry. Sorry to waste your time. Sorry it wasn't a bigger fire, is what I said. And the fireman was like, ma'am, there are no small fires. You know, every fire is a fire and we're here to investigate fires big and small. A small fire could turn into a large fire. Don't ever apologize. What happened was the lights that I thought I had turned on outside had sunk into the earth somehow the previous owners hadn't I don't know what they just weren't using the lights and the lights were underground at this point just covered in like leaves and grass and it was an old electrical system so basically they tripped they kind of sparked and all the kindling in the backyard was catching a light so they fixed that I got a whole new electrical panel the whole church redone redecorated marble countertops all new everything all new plumbing Has it gone up in value? No. So we're at the new house now. Cut to two nights ago. I take Fred out to collect Violet from school because he hasn't had an an afternoon nap. And I thought, well, Bobby, you stay here with my mom, who's in town. 
uh, as Bobby and I are about to go to LA for three days of work. And I couldn't bear to take Fred and turn him around that quickly. He would just be jet lagged and miserable the whole time and then jet lagged and miserable as soon as he comes back. 12 hours on a plane is something baby Violet would have done, but it's not something that Fred would like. He would ruin everyone's time and he would be miserable himself. And I thought, you know what? Kids stay with their grandparents. Uh, I am not that kind of parent. I don't like to leave my children with anyone, but needs must. Who do I think I am? I can't stare my children in the face 24 hours a day. I'm going to go to LA. Am I going to go for a week, two weeks, three days? My mom can come here. She's getting acquainted with Fred now so that he's not totally bereft when we leave on Thursday. Fine. Bobby and mom, you stay home. I'm going to take Fred for his nap. Go collect Violet from school. We have a smart home. I've spoken about this in the podcast before. One of the benefits of the smart home system that I have complained about in the past is that the fire alarm is linked to all of our phones. So I'm driving, wheels on the bus go round and, you know, trying to get Fred to sleep. My phone starts going nuts. Fire alarm, fire, alert, kitchen, fire, what? Oh, uh, guest bedroom, fire, 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 landing, fire, fire. There's fire, like every room, this app is telling me there's a fire in it. I was like, what the actual fuck? So I ignore the alarm. You can, you know, just say, acknowledge I've seen this alarm. Fine. I just think maybe Bobby's cooking something, barbecuing. And then my phone rings and it's Bobby. And I answer, Bobby is the king of butt dials. He pocket dials butt dials uh, at least once a day, someone. And he is so lucky that he hasn't called the wrong person while we're slagging him off. Usually he calls me. I don't know what it is about his phone. It never goes to sleep. If it's in his pocket, you know what I mean? It's not black. Like the face is on the phone with all the numbers available. So all he has to do is lean the wrong way and he's called someone. Why he doesn't rectify this, I don't really know. I like it as a feature because one day he will call me and I'll get to do some old-fashioned spying on what he's saying. Currently, the only time he calls me, I can hear like just him walking on the golf course. That's all I've ever heard. But on this occasion, I could hear the alarm and I could hear movement like he I could tell he was running around I was like uh Bobby 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 he wasn't answering I thought oh my god so by this time I'm at the school Violet's getting in the car and the alarm starts going off on my phone again and the alarm's going off on Violet's phone and the babysitter 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 slash housekeeper text me to be like your fire alarm's going off on my phone I was like uh yeah I think there's a fire at the house but I mean Bobby's there my mom's there whatever's happening it's going to be under control and I looked at all our CCTV cameras that I can also access from my phone and I couldn't see any fire around like the perimeter of the house so I just saw whatever smoke alarm is sensitive fine so I at this point drive very safely and carefully but as quickly as I can to get home I get home, the alarm's going off, the house is full of smoke, and Bobby and my mom have an assembly line of water going from the shower and the sink with buckets, pouring them out the guest room window onto the balcony, which is a light. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Bobby goes, well, I was calling you. I was calling you to ask you to call the fire department. I was like, Bobby, when there's a fire, you don't call someone else who's driving a car to ask them to call the fire department. You call the fire department. And he said, well, I don't know their phone number. And Bobby, it's not that he's not smart. I always say Bobby's one of the most intelligent people that I know, but we have cultural differences that sometimes are just very glaring. I said, well, Bobby, it's 999, but even if you dial 911 in this country, it will default to 999. You always call emergency. But I mean, in fairness, I called 101 the first time I had to call the fire department too, so whatever. I ring 999. By now, my mom and Bobby have this balcony fire under control, but what we have on the roof and on all the balconies is AstroTurf for some like decorative reason, because we're not really supposed to go out there. Uh, they're not balconies that you're allowed to stand on. There's this rule in the neighborhood that it like prejudices someone's privacy for you to walk out on the balcony on a high floor because you can see their entire garden. I know this for a fact because my neighbor built an illegal balcony. And due to my background in urban planning, I was able to report them to and I'm not, you know, I'm not a snitch, but I'm sorry. The church is worth nothing, and their prejudicing of my property actually devalues my property. Also, I have 12-year-old girls in the swimming pool, and they had a bunch of builders, like, leaning over that balcony smoking. And I was like, I know that's an illegal erection, sir, and so's the balcony. So I rang the council. 
anyway, I feel bad about it. But they, but then I convinced myself not to feel bad about it because I was like, they did something illegal first and they know they shouldn't have done it because they only built it after they got all the planning permission and built the house in the first place. Anyway, they have to take it down. When? 12 to 18 months. So all these things move slowly. But we don't go out on the balcony. There's AstroTurf. It's set alight. And there are wires out there and there are things out there. And we didn't really know how. So I ring 999. I explain to them. I have a non-emergency, but it is fire, so I know I'm supposed to call you. They say, all right, I'll transfer you to the fire. The fire truck comes in like three minutes, filled with gorgeous firemen. I've dialed 999 before when we were burgled, and I thought there was a killer in my house. They put me on hold, and the police just flat out never arrived. I feel like, and this is um, not official advice, none of the advice that I give is official you know, advice, but they do say, trigger warning, uh, sexual assault, they do say that if you're being attacked in the park or something, that you should always yell fire. This is useful advice. If you listen to me, you're like a vulnerable person or a younger teenager and you haven't heard this information, anyone messes with you anywhere, you don't yell like, stop, no, no. At the top of your lungs, wherever you are, you yell fire, fire, fire. That gets you the most attention. And also someone might call the fire department and they are the only emergency services that reliably show up. No offense if you work for the ambulance or the police. I don't think it's your fault. But I know from experience, you ain't coming. My friend got in a bike accident, broke her fucking shoulder, had to lay in the road for five hours because she couldn't get an ambulance. And then someone eventually just took her, this guy with a van, which is not safe, by the way. Oh, I couldn't get an ambulance. Uh, so I got into the back of a guy's random van with a broken shoulder. And by the grace of God, he ended up taking me to the hospital. The police go, oh, if you're worried about us being official, just flag down a bus. And now the ambulance service is like, just get in a man in a van. you would be all right. Call the fire department. So the fire department were incredible. I said to them, thank you for coming once again. Sorry that this isn't like a five alarm blaze. But what we don't want is for the cause of this fire to go undetected. And then it happens again in the middle of the night or it happens when I'm alone with Fred. Like all of a sudden the balcony just burst into flames. And they said, does anyone smoke in the house? And I said, no. And then I remembered, well, my husband does smoke, but he only smokes on the golf course. I made this rule and then he went and became a professional golfer because he loves smoking that much. Who doesn't smoke at home though. And the fireman was like, well, that sounds odd. Are you sure? So he says to Bobby, you sure you weren't smoking and threw a cigarette butt out this balcony? And Bobby said, I absolutely did not. And the thing about Bobby that you can count on is that he is not a liar. He may be many things, a hunk, a smoke enthusiast, but he's not a liar. He just doesn't lie, point blank. If Bobby threw a cigarette butt out onto the balcony, and maybe, you know, my mom is visiting, who knows, he might be stressed, but he wouldn't do it. And if he did it, he would own up to it. He'd be like, look, I really fucked up. It was me. I threw a cigarette out there, but he didn't. And Violet wasn't even home. Before you start to say that maybe Violet's smoking, first of all, her generation are vapors. Uh, vapists. So the guy was like, well, and he investigates, he looks at all the wires and he's an electrician as well. This one fireman, which is incredible. He's called Andy. His colleague was like, he's not just a fireman. He's a sparky. And Bobby was like, cool. Not knowing what that is. I know that that is Cockney slang, well, not Cockney slang, just slang for qualified electrician. So it was not an electrical fire. It smells terrible because the AstroTurf is made of like plastic, I guess. And the whole house still reeks like two and a half days later. It smells awful in the whole house. But there's no actual damage. And the fireman said, what happened, and you won't believe me, but I've seen this happen before, is birds pick up lit cigarettes that they find like on pavements or wherever, carry them around for a bit, and then like realize they're lit, and they drop them. And I was like, wait a minute, you see this a lot? He's like, yeah. And... You wouldn't believe it. It sounds made up, but absolutely birds pick any old thing up and move it all around. I have seen fires. There'd be no other cause than a bird moved a cigarette butt lit. It smoldered there for a while with the leaves on the roof and then caught a light. So we hate birds. Bobby especially hates birds. And now they're 
I mean, they're eating all his grass seed, ruining his lawn, and now they're actually trying to kill us by firebombing our house. That is the only explanation. The house next to us is vacant, and I have a bit of beef with them over the balcony complaining, but there were no workers there the last few days. It's been Easter. No one was next door at all. And the balcony that caught a light isn't even near their legal balcony. Like, you just can't get to it unless you're a bird. Unless you're a bird with a lit cigarette in your little paw and a fucking axe to grind. So, A Bird Tried to Murder Us, Season 2, Telling Everybody Everything, Episode 1. Yeah, that's a real thing. So watch out. And if you have gutters or a roof or astroturf, I think maybe don't have astroturf, I think, is my number one advice. But if you have anything that can catch fire, even, you know, it was a windy day. It wasn't a super dry day, but it was uncharacteristically warm. And there were some leaves up there that I guess were just dry enough in the wind, smoldered maybe even for hours before catching a light, filling our house with smoke, and, God forbid, hurting us even worse if Bobby hadn't been so quick to realize. Everybody, well, everyone in my circle anyway, is talking about the Kardashians. They have moved from the E! channel in America to Hulu. And I wasn't sure how to watch that in the UK, but if you still haven't found it, it is on Disney+. Plus. If you can't find it on Disney+, Plus, what's happened is you have your account settings to child. You have to change it to 18+, plus, and all these amazing films and TV shows, this is not an ad, but chiefly the Kardashians, will become available to you. I heard that they were leaving E! That made me sad. This was maybe about a year ago. Then it was swiftly announced that, don't worry, the Kardashians are still in your lives. It will be on Hulu. And then I realized that it was being created or produced by my very favorite British production company. They are based right in North London, Fullwell 73. I fucking love Fullwell. When I did The Duchess, I begged Netflix, please, can I do it with Fullwell? Because it's these two brothers, Gabe and Ben, and they're just good people. They're just, get me. I understand them. They have my sense of humor. They're great family men. I have done a ton of projects with them before. Roast Battle. I did a Samsung commercial with Joel Domit. Everything that they work on is just smooth, you know? There's no faffing around. I really like people who are not only fun and fun to be around charismatic, but they say exactly what they mean and they get things done with very little, uh, I don't know, I don't bullshit, I guess. They say exactly what they want in very few words and they're guys that you want to be around. I love them. And they also make the James Corden show in America. I feel like this was the link, maybe the in that got them introduced to the Kardashians. I do not know. I will have to look into it further. But it's been a hurtful time for me because there was a Kardashian premiere in London and I was not invited, even though it's made by my friends at Fullwell. So that stung. But I do understand. And I have a baby. So they know that I don't go out for free. I might have made an exception for this evening, though, as I am a super fan, but I was super happy for the guys to get this gig. And I thought, oh, they're just going to make it amazing. When I watched episode one, I was blown away by the intro. If you haven't seen it, this is not a spoiler. Don't worry. I mean, there are no spoilers at this point. There are two episodes out. What are you doing if you haven't seen them? If this is the kind of thing that you like, or even if it isn't, give it a chance just for the interiors alone for the cinematography, for the music. It's just fun. So it opens with a big wide shot in the backyard. And I work in film and television. Not really film. I work in television, let's say. I didn't know how they did this. I was genuinely bamboozled. They're out in Courtney's back garden. And the camera like zooms through the back garden, lands on Travis playing outside with two of the kids. And he goes, oh, are you ready for the barbecue? And then the camera zooms through the outside pool area, the couches, straight into the open plan house. You get to see all the beautiful interiors. It sort of goes shoom, 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 shoom up the stairs and then it finds Courtney. And when it finds Courtney, it freezes on her and she kind of becomes a little bit of a caricature, like not a cartoon, but kind of a, a drawing of herself leaps out and words come across and it is Courtney. 
And then it comes off her again. And she goes, guys, are you ready to go to the barbecue? And then this camera goes zoom, zoom, zoom over the hills into Chloe's backyard. And now it goes all through Chloe's house. You get to see her beautiful couches, her outfit, her interior, her wardrobe. And Chloe stops on her and goes, whoom, Chloe. And then Chloe speaks, okay, I'm just looking for my shoes, you know, whatever. And it goes through all of their houses one by one by one like that. And it's it really looks like one shot the whole time but it's all stitched together I guess house to house to house and it's just so exciting and it's so like property porn interior porn just beautiful to look at you could watch the Kardashians on mute and love it and I said to Bobby oh my god oh my how are they doing this it's just so exciting like the feeling that a certain type of man probably has watching Fast and Furious. That is the feeling that I have watching the opening to the Kardashians. Just oh, really gets my adrenaline going. And Bobby looked up from his phone. I said, how are they doing this? And Bobby just said, drones and looked back at his phone. And I went, no, it's got to be more. It's so amazing. And I text Gabe and I said, Gabe, I, how did you do it? I am deceased. And he just texted me back, drones. All right. All right, boys. I didn't realize it was so obviously drones. But the rest of the series or the episode was incredible. It's got all the things that you love from the E! series, but with a little new premium edge. I just loved it. And there were parts of it that jumped out to me because the Kardashians have had a very uh, characteristically dramatic few months. We know now that Kim is in a relationship with Pete Davidson. We know that Courtney and Travis are engaged to be married, but we get to see those relationships in their infancy. There have been rumors that Chris's boyfriend, Corey, has not been entirely faithful. Of course, we know for a fact that Chloe's child's father, Tristan from Brampton, Ontario, Thompson, who never deserved her in the first place, we know that he hasn't been faithful. But in episode one, it was so amazing just to see, you know, in retrospect, knowing what we know now, Saint, Kim's son, shows her his iPad because there's a little game on Roblox that's making fun of her sex tape. And he goes, Mommy, look, it's you. Of course, he can't read, but he sees the meme of his mother's crying face, Kim's crying face, which is a very iconic meme. When you get that much Botox, you got to be really careful. Once they block certain muscles in your eyes, you either should just stay happy all the time or be comfortable with the fact that you're going to have an absolutely mental crying face. He shows her the iPad and you see Kim, her, the blood sort of drains from her face and she goes, oh, Chloe. She walks over to show her sister Chloe the iPad. And when she does that in the back of the shot and God bless whatever camera person uh, was able to capture this, Tristan looks up from what he's doing and he's just shitting it. His face goes, oh. he looks at Corey. They exchange a very worried glance. And it turns out to have nothing to do with him. But you can see it in his face that when Kim picked up that iPad and goes, oh, Chloe, he thought that he was busted for the fifth time. But uh, he was busted later, I guess, which we've yet to see. I don't know if they'll show up, but I really hope that they do. What the fuck is wrong with this man? First, he denied it. No, no, no. I've been totally faithful. I know you're thinking about giving me a second chance. He's living like he's with Chloe. These women keep the men who have done them wrong around in their lives no matter what for their children which in a way I think is very honorable but in another way it's like you've got to have some boundary you can't let someone disrespect you that often that deeply that relentlessly and just still have them to your barbecue like there comes a point of fuck you Tristan denied it then this woman was able to prove paternity obviously because he didn't just cheat on Chloe this time he had a baby with someone and where they always say if you see one rat, it means there are a hundred more you don't see. So who else has Tristan been fucking? He only gets caught when an actual human is produced. I can't, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I mean, Dane Baptiste gave me some insight in another episode, but I don't know. I don't know. Scott was not invited to the barbecue. I understand that he's a very charismatic person. I can see the appeal, but it makes me feel absolutely nauseous that he has dated a roster of teens since breaking up with Courtney. And everyone feels so badly for him. They're like, oh, you know, Scott still loves Courtney. That's obvious. All right. Well, he had three children with your sister and disrespected her for 10 years. And, oh, we better not, you know, hurt Scott's feelings. We don't want him to see how happy Courtney is with Travis. 
fine to show people mercy, empathy, even sympathy, whatever. But I mean, they treat this man like he's done nothing wrong. None of it was his doing. None of it was his fault. When Courtney has been crying for a decade, finally, she's happy for the first time. And I, I saw Scott actually online is dating a Scottish girl, Scott loving Scottish girl. I don't know if this is current news because it was a week ago, but I found it very encouraging actually. And I'm always open to giving someone a second chance. I don't hate the Lord Scott Disick. I think he's made some huge mistakes and might be like borderline creepy for dating these teens, but he's dating a Scottish girl who's 27, 27, which in Scott years is like 65. So I hope that goes well. One thing that really jumped out to me in episode one, and you see lots more of it in episode two, is that Kim was asked to host Saturday Night Live. This is a iconic comedy live sketch show in America. It's always an honor to be asked to host. It's a really big deal for people. Kim was asked, and there were some naysayers, like, uh, quote, the girl from Will and Grace, end quote, Deborah Messing tweeted, like, why is Kim Kardashian doing this? She's not a comedian. And Kim actually wanted to prove herself as a funny person. And I thought that was so useful for a huge audience to see. Because in my industry, I deal day in and day out with women aren't funny, women aren't funny. That is a very widely accepted opinion. There are women who think women aren't funny. Lots of men think women aren't funny. It's across the board just something we hear all the time because for so long women were valued on their softness and their sweetness and their fertility and their looks. Kim Kardashian is, I mean, Kanye West put it best, the modern day Marilyn Monroe. Her shape is very fertile. She's very beautiful. She's known for her aesthetic. But here she is, arguably the most recognizable woman in the world, the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, caring about being funny. She's going, I want to really be funny. Am I funny? Can I be funny? Putting a lot of work into teaming up with Michelle Wolf, teaming up with Amy Schumer, getting Kanye to talk to Dave Chappelle, like really concerned with, are these jokes going to be strong enough? Can I do comedy? And I think that's actually great for her fans to see because not everyone can do comedy. And the fact that Kim Kardashian values being taken seriously and giving that role justice, I think shows a lot of respect to my community, number one, but also shows all these pretty little girls who want to look like a Kardashian and use the filters and get the surgery and go on Facebook. It's like, or Instagram and look like them. They're like, well, hang on. She wants to be funny. So if you are like an ugly little girl from Sarnia and you can't look like Kim Kardashian right now, (laughs) and maybe you never will, to hear Kim Kardashian value a sense of humor you might feel a little better about yourself you might go oh well I'm funny at least I don't have to call in like loads of comedy heavyweights to write my monologue for me it's something that Kim put on a pedestal being funny wanting to do that role justice I appreciate it a lot I appreciated it a lot I love the Kardashians you know me I love Fullwell my favorite production company and I look forward to this series I mean look There have been some other production companies that I've worked with recently that I love a lot. Expectation R1. We're doing a brand new show with Amazon coming out this summer. It's called Backstage with Catherine Ryan. I can't tell you exactly when it's coming out, but it's going to be in cred. Expectation have won probably more BAFTAs than anyone in recent years. They make Mo Gilligan show, Big Nasty show. They do lots of things. I love them a lot. Mel Giedroyk. Oh, I always say her surname wrong. Mel No. I'm not going to say it right, but I really love her a lot. And Lou Sanders' show, Unforgivable. They're a great production company, too. And I like the production company I did The Duchess with. I love loads of production companies. Hungry Bear I really like. But there's something special about the Fullwell Boys. And it shows. Because the Kardashians now have fallen in love with them. How could they not? And we get to enjoy the fruits of that friendship. Oh, on the subject of mutually beneficial friendships... You guys know that for a very long time, I've been a fan and friend of Dr. Nina Ball. You can find her on Instagram at Facial Sculpting. Uh, I think it's Dr. Yeah, it's Dr. Nina Facial Sculpting. She used to do my Botox and filler facials. She's a dentist. She whitened my teeth. She did some like 
special sandblasting cleaning of my teeth. She did some bonding. She's done loads for me in the past. And I always share about her on Instagram. I have gone quiet and people have said, what's going on, Catherine? Do you not go to Dr. Nina anymore? No, bitch. I was pregnant since December 2019 and then breastfeeding. But I am so pleased to say that, yeah, if you don't believe me, I haven't had any Botox or filler for all of that time. I'm back on the trolley. I went to see Nina the other day and I had some little treatments and I cannot wait to show you the results. I was like, Nina, I owe you a ton of posts because I want people to see like if you go to bad places, you can come out looking quite nuts. But if you go to someone like Nina, just does these lovely little tweaks, just a little, you know, hydrofacial, maybe a little endo lift, maybe some Botox, who knows what it is you're looking for. She did the aqua gold facial on me. Oh, it's just, she's the one. She is the one. And you just look at Nina and you see how beautiful she is and you go, yeah, right. Because you don't want, you know, when you walk into a hair salon and someone's got some like crazy frizzed out red spikes and you go, what happened? You're supposed to look after my hair? It's the same with Botox and filler. I feel like you got to go to someone whose face is like glowing and young and perfectly symmetrical. And then you go, yes, great advertisement. I'm on the table. I'm on board. All right. That was not an ad again. Like I talk about things that I like and a lot of the things that I like are my friends' businesses. It just happens I hang out with a lot of entrepreneurs, but there are some incredible sponsorships of the podcast that I would like to tell you about now. And when we return, I will give you some much needed advice in the emails. I don't know where you've been getting your advice the last two weeks, but I dread to think what you've been up to. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Let's see. Catherine, my boyfriend and I have been together for several years. We have an 18-month-old and we had a short break a few years ago due to me being frustrated by our lacking sex life. We dated other people, but realized we belong together. We are great together. We have a lovely life and a house. However, the sex is still pretty dire. We've had a baby in a pandemic, which definitely has not helped, but his sex drive just doesn't seem to be there. It hurts my feelings. He says he fancies me and whatnot, but he just doesn't have the desire. I'm at a loss. Secondly, he recently told me he had occasionally had thoughts about another girl. Huh? Specifically the girl he dated when we broke up who he works with fucking nightmare tbh yeah and it's been really upsetting him and the guilt has been too much so he wanted to tell me he hasn't acted on it and would never consider it but has been racked with guilt over thinking about someone else i gotta call bobby this is too much hello bk i need your help with a listener question oh no so okay. this girl broke up with her partner because he didn't want to have sex ever. And they spent a bit apart. Then they got back together. But he still never wants to have sex. And now he's confessed that he fancies sort of or finds attractive this girl he works with. But he would never act on it. He never wants to do anything. But he just felt so guilty about his own thoughts that he had to confess. And they did something during the time these two were broken up. What the uh, fuck? Obviously. You, you don't confess thoughts about what? Right? Well, but no, I mean, it's this craziest girl needs to get out of there. Oh, no. Because if, I mean, if you're not, like, being intimate with one another, like, what's going on? I haven't had sex since April 8th. 
Well, that's whose fault is that? <laughs> Maybe someone you work with. Maybe someone from the golf club. Uh, Floyd? <laughs> Listen, um... Maybe he's just a low sex drive person and he's also kind of a nerd and he feels like he has to tell his girlfriend every bit of truth. Like, oh, I think this girl at work's attractive, but I would never do anything. Right? Like, is well, that a. Listen, if they're together for I don't know how long and then had a break and then they get back together and they still can't even have sex, then that's that's really weird. But they have a baby in a house. Well, I don't know. They're about to have half a baby in half a house. Right. Shit. Yeah. Do you think he's secretly banging this girl from work or wants to? I don't know. Something's up. It's, I mean, if, you know, you lose that, then I don't think you can come back from that, do you? Maybe. Like, if, if you look at a relationship being like 50 years long, there well, might... How long has this been going on for? Pretty much a long time. Not 50 years. They're still young. But like, you know, maybe you have times in your relationship where it gets... If oh, certainly there's going to be some spells and this and that. But if you were to break up with someone, go on a break, and then you reconnect and you don't, like, normally have to, like, seal that reconnection with at least some type of intimacy. Well, I think they've probably had sex, like, a few times. Oh, well. But my question is, why is he telling her he fancies someone if he really is like, I'm never going to act on it, but I've been feeling so guilty over my thoughts of fancying someone? Who tells their partner that? I, I can't even... Uh... Uh, relate to that so I have no idea why he would um, right but with your psychology degree why is he saying this out loud is he's there like... an idiot I mean, that's a, uh, he's an idiot <laughs> you don't think he has like some ulterior motive in saying it no I don't know that doesn't make sense All right. he's just an, an idiot yeah alright I'll let her know thank you alright love ya love you bye your partner is an idiot if you want to be with an idiot and hopefully patch things up in a while, then maybe you can. It depends on what you value in your life. Like if you need to have sex in your relationship and you don't want to be with an idiot, then I think you got to end it with them. But if you're happy to like raise your child and live in your house and because a divorce also or splitting up with the father of your child and like dividing property, that is a lot of work. There is a meme out that's like, choose your hard Staying together is hard, but also being divorced is hard and hard. Choose your heart. It's like, well, no, like one is a needs must. I don't agree with this meme is what I'm saying, but I agree with parts of the meme. Everything is hard. Is it normal to fancy other people when you're in a relationship? I really don't think it is. But what is less normal than that is to say it out loud. If you really have no intention of doing anything, like I personally don't fancy anyone else. I really don't think Bobby does. I love Bobby so much. But if I just saw someone at work that I thought was good looking and I never, ever, ever wanted to leave Bobby or fuck this other person, why the hell would I come home and say it to Bobby apart from to hurt his feelings or because I was an idiot, which Bobby assures me your partner is. So I don't think he's trying to hurt your feelings. I just think, shit, I don't know. It is bad, though. And you deserve everything. Like, I don't think you should compromise and be like, all right, I'll be in this sexless relationship so that my child is happy. If you're really not happy, well, but you said you realize you guys belong together. I think you need therapy. This is bigger than this podcast can do. I think he needs therapy. You should get some couples therapy and see, because I think if you are going to leave your child's father, you got to do it kind of in the next year so that cognitively you don't enter any of the area where they start blaming themselves. I looked all this up when I was leaving my child's father. There's like a sweet spot where you do it and the kid just never remembers and doesn't really mind. And you can co-parent successfully. Look at the Kardashians. Here's one titled, My Friend's Girlfriend Justifiably Thinks I'm Out for Her Man. Catherine, I've been friends with Paul, LOL, as if I would disclose his real name, with 15 going on 16 years of friendship between us. We've, of course, had a couple ill-advised trysts over the course of our friendship. Not, Not of course. I have friends that I've never had sex with. It's not a given. Maybe in Britain, I feel like groups of friends pass each other around in school when they're young. We had a hard line against that. Uh, I dated Bobby and none of my girlfriends were ever allowed to date Bobby after that. And if my girlfriends had boyfriends that they dated, those guys were my friends and I never, ever, ever, ever went near them. British relationships from what Maiden Chelsea has taught me 
different and everyone fucks everyone. And if you've been friends with someone for more than 10 years, you've definitely banged. I have had sex with zero of my friends. I need you all to know that. But fine. If uh, No judgment, though. We had a no... Uh, We had a short no-strings-attached arrangement approximately five years ago, shortly before he met his now wife. She obviously did not like me. We had another brief no-strings-attached arrangement early last year when he divorced her. Um, But we stopped that because I developed feelings and went into the arrangement knowing that anything more serious was off the cards. All right, so... You guys have been banging periodically. You stop banging because he gets a wife. The wife hates you because of her little spidey sense. She knows you fucked her husband before and there are maybe feelings there and that relationship ends. Perhaps trust issues in the relationship and then you bang him again. But you don't want to develop feelings for him. (sighs) So you stop banging him. Okay. He has since met another woman who he's been seeing very seriously for six months All three of us have mutual friends, all of whom have told me that not only is she very jealous and possessive, but also was recently told about my past with her boyfriend. I'm completely over him, but how is she supposed to believe that? I'm glad that they have reached this milestone where he's disclosing to her what happened and that we're all still friends. If It's fine if she doesn't want to develop a friendship with me, but I don't want to deal with dirty looks at parties from her or cause any drama in their relationship by showing up if I'm even invited, which was the general pattern with his wife, who shares many of the same qualities as this chick. Aha. So either he has a type of jealous, possessive women, or he is what they have in common, someone who's potentially gaslighting them and turning them into crazy, jealous partners. Do you know what I mean? A crazy, jealous partner is not born. She's made. And obviously his wife's fears were substantiated. She was worried about you. She was worried about this, that. Their relationship didn't last. So her insecurity with him was justified. And now you're saying that this girlfriend has justifiable reason to think that you are, quote, out for her man. I know that you broke it off with him and you shot him down after he tried to fuck you again uh, since you cut it all off. But like, what do you mean? She has justified a justifiable worry. Like this guy sounds like you're the only one who's using the resources that he has properly and not getting into a relationship with him because it seems like he's not ready for a serious relationship and he's making the women in his life very jealous. Is it possible to maintain this friendship with Paul without crossing any lines? I know it's not my job to make his girlfriends feel secure in their relationships, but I don't want to inadvertently make it harder. Guess whose job it is? It's his job to make them feel secure. Your partner's level of security is a direct reflection of you and your behavior in the relationship. There are a few times where someone's just crazy, but I think more often than not, their behavior is mirrored by, you know, what they receive from the relationship, how they're taught to behave in a relationship. I've been jealous in some relationships and not in my relationship with Bobby, even though Bobby's 10 times hotter than anyone I've ever dated. 10 times more of an eligible hunk, but he makes me feel secure. And so I am secure. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's culturally not what I'm used to for people to carry on friendships with people that they've banged. I am friends with one person that I was in a relationship with and his girlfriend is fine with that. It's not like I see him all the time that we live in different countries, but we do speak and I'm in touch with his mother Um, but I mean, that all seems even very modern to me. This guy and I were better off friends anyway, but it's not like we were, it's not like I was just around to bang him and then he was married and I was around again. And I think that is what the worry is maybe is that you have history, but then you have repeating history. And it's weird probably for this girl to know that like, this probably is going to happen again between you and Paul. It really sounds to me like it's going to happen again. I know you shut it down before, but I don't think many women, and this is not all women, but I don't think many women can really truly have no strings attached sex. Maybe the millennials, like super Gen Zs or however old, like 25 year olds, whatever that generation is called. Maybe they can, but I can't. I think you just need to back off and it's nothing to do with her, but just say to him like, 
I'm going to keep showing up wherever I want to show up. And I don't want my group of friends to be impacted. But I want to make it very clear that your partners habitually have insecurity issues with you. And I need you to make your woman feel secure so that I can be places without any drama. She's not my problem. She's yours. Here is an email from a man. Catherine, I am a primary caregiver, a working father to my two small kids under five. My smart and beautiful wife has a demanding career and is the primary income earner of our household. I love being a supportive husband to my wife and a loving father to my kids, but holy shit, it is a tough juggle. I do most things around the house. I do all the cooking. I drop off and pick up our small children from daycare, and I also work a full-time job, full-time job in a field I love. I'm on call for the kids most nights and I'm constantly battling a new illness I pick up from the daycare. As many parents can tell you, taking care of children is a thankless job. It breaks my heart that I do most of the caregiving and my kids still prefer their mom over me when she's around. This is evolutionarily normal but hard to accept. My wife also works long hours and I don't get much appreciation from her either. I don't need a reward for doing my job, but I want to feel loved. Sometimes I feel like my I'm my wife's employee and she's trying to suck as much work as possible as she can from me. I communicate these feelings to her and she responds lovingly, but it requires constant readjustment. Hmm. I have accepted that two working parents raising small children is going to be tough no matter what, and it will get better as the kids grow older. The problem is my wife wants a third child. We agreed on three before we got married, but I had no idea how hard it would be. I'm struggling with our two and I'm terrified of a third. My wife is a boss at work and at home, so she usually ends up getting her way. I love her and I want to be able to hold down the fort with three of our little ones, but I am breaking. What should I do? Should I suck it up for another few years with a third or should I get a vasectomy to save my sanity in the short term? Oh, that is tough. It's so tough because I'm trying to look at this like from a legal standpoint. Now, that's a silly thing to say because, of course, relationships are, well, marriage is a legal contract, but like a relationship has give and take and things change and you can withdraw consent at any time. But you guys, you did agree to three kids before you got married and your wife is in a different position to you in that she can presumably only have kids up until a certain point. So I can see that if she is thinking long term, big picture, teenagers, adult kids to be friends with and go to the pub with and visit at Christmas, you know, she's thinking three is a lovely number for me. Three is lovely for them. But you are in the trenches dealing with them while they're small. You're on call most nights. I kind of don't understand why your wife isn't helping more. And I mean... You didn't say what she does. She has a demanding career and she's the primary income earner. So at first I was thinking, well, you know, who knows how much time and energy she has? Like maybe she's a nurse, but then primary income earner, no, because we do not pay medical staff enough in this country. I just feel like even if, you know, I have a very demanding career and I'm up with Fred every night. Fred does not sleep through the night. He's 10 months old. I sleep in a room with him. And I give Bobby rest in his own room because of the situation in our relationship. Bobby can't hear kids crying at night and I can and he needs sleep at night and then he's more effective in the day. It's not about keeping score. It's just about like this is what works for people. But I don't stomp around this house like I work all these hours and I make all this money so I'm not doing anything. Like you have a full time job as well. I know your wife's busy. And it's very rare for me to side with any man. But I feel like for you to do most of the things around the house, but you do all the cooking and you also do all the nights. Sure, your wife's busier than you. Sure, she earns more money than you. But like we don't even we don't even talk about money in this house. We're never go, well, I earn this much and I do like we just divide the stuff. I think it's not unreasonable for you to go. I know we agreed to have three kids, but what jumps out to me from your email the most is where you say, I want to feel loved. When you don't feel like your partner is showing you understanding for your mental health, like how much work you're doing, showing compassion and concern for how you're breaking, as you put it. Like, I mean, you're looking to have a secret vasectomy at this point, so it's quite serious. 
That makes you feel unloved. It makes it actually is a great recipe for a divorce to chip away at someone and ignore their cries for help enough times. Eventually, you'll just wake up one day and your love for this woman could be gone and it will be death by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? Uh, She needs to definitely hear that you're at the breaking point with this. And yes, you had an agreement, but like you say, it's harder than you thought. Are you able to let these two kids get a little bit older? Do you think your wife is in a position to wait a few years to have that third? And you might reevaluate, like even nine months is a long time. They're almost five. I think I think kids are pretty much done, pretty much cooked when they're five, way easier. If you could get over that hurdle, get them both over five, and then once everybody's grown up, you'd like, oh my God, wouldn't it be nice to have a baby again? And then you have two little helpers as well. That might be awesome. I think try to push your wife off a little bit. Talk to her primarily about how you are not feeling heard by how strapped you are and be like, I know you earn more money than me, but we both have full-time jobs. And it would help me if you did some like batch cooking in the evenings and froze stuff. And it would help me if, you know, I don't know, think of some like tangible things that would help you sleep with the kids a few nights and let me get eight hours of solid rest, please. Because now she, you have something she wants. Sperm. So she's going to have to compromise with you if she wants this third baby. And like for the good of your marriage, she needs to hear how broken you are. Um, I think it would be nice to have three kids because you did want that at some point, too. Just not like this. Not like three under six, you know. Um, This woman needs to know uh, under no uncertain terms, like you're not attacking her. You're not criticizing her. You're just saying, I need more help. You are amazing. You earn so much money. You're so incredible. You do so much more than I do. You know, tell some lies. You do so much. I don't know how you do it. But I feel for my own mental health, I need you to help me do a bit less for a while. And then maybe you can have the baby that you want. But certainly don't have a baby now. Because what we can't have is you with like some postpartum depression looking after these kids. The the two that are already in your life need you to be mentally well. So take some shifts, get some sleep, and then discuss the baby down the road. Here's a question about Period Tracker, which is an app that I use. I mean, I used it when I was single and not trying to get pregnant. Just I think data is fun, and I like to know what my cycle's doing. But then I used it to track like ovulation and to get pregnant. You can use it both ways. This person is saying, please keep me anonymous. The question I'm about to ask is embarrassing coming from a grown woman. No, there are no embarrassing questions uh, about your body because they don't teach us enough about our bodies. So don't worry. I'm listening to this week's podcast and you mentioned that you use a period tracker in the context of sex. Would I be right in thinking you track your ovulation so you can avoid getting pregnant? No, you'd be wrong, but you can do that. I am on a contraceptive pill and antidepressants, but since having my two-year-old, I have no sex drive at all, and I rarely orgasm. I think that's to do with the pills rather than my husband because I had no trouble pre-baby. I absolutely adore my husband, and it has nothing to do with him, so I often think about coming off the pill completely so I can get that back. I have sex with him regularly because I think it's important to have that intimacy even when I'm not feeling it and it makes me overthink the the sex and then I don't enjoy it anyway. I guess what I'm asking is whether you think it's safe to have no other form of contraceptive. I don't like the idea of the coil which I gather is the lowest hormone contraceptive because people react badly sometimes and it sounds painful to insert. We got pregnant really quickly with our toddler, so I'm worried it could happen really quickly again if we're taking no other precautions, as we both don't like condoms. I wonder how long you've been on the antidepressants, because I have heard anecdotally, and I've never taken antidepressants, and I don't know this, and I'm not suggesting that you come off prescribed medication, but I think that some antidepressants can lower your sex drive, even if they didn't before, maybe since you had a baby the combination of medicine with your hormones could lower your sex drive. I have never heard of the contraceptive pill lowering sex drive. That's not to say it could be that. What is the contraceptive pill? I think it's progesterone, which stops your body ovulating. Yes, it makes your body think you are already pregnant and then you don't release an egg. And that is how I think the contraceptive pill works. See, see how little we know? I could Google it, but I think it's better just to give you advice from my life, from my memory, what I know. 
I think the first thing I would do is talk to my doctor and say, what's up? I'm not having orgasms. I need to not be depressed, but I would also like to have fulfilling sex with my husband. That's number one. As far as contraception goes, I think the contraceptive pill was an incredible um, step in the right direction for women. It offered them body autonomy. It offered them freedom where they could have sex if they wanted to and not worry about getting pregnant. But I do think it's flawed. I think any hormones that you give yourself, it's a slippery slope. I used to take the contraceptive pill. I started taking it when I was like 15, even though I wasn't having sex. There was a rumor in my school that it would give you huge tits. And I think this is the trouble with anecdotal evidence is that a few girls just all of a sudden got big tits after they started taking the pill and they go, the pill gives you big tits. But those girls were turning 16 anyway and would have probably grown big tits anyway. I never got boobs until I paid for them. So fine. I stayed on the pill for ages and ages until I purposely came off it to have my daughter when I was 24. Then after my daughter was born, I never went back on the pill again for no reason other than I just didn't. I got a copper coil, which is no hormones at all. Copper kills sperm, I think, on contact. Plus having anything, any device like in you is going to prevent implantation, I think. So I had the copper coil. When I had that, I had really long periods, like nine days. And I actually had cramps, whereas I'm someone who always had easy, easy, quick, light, painless periods before. And I didn't know it was from the coil until I had it taken out when Violet was probably seven, six, five, around that time. And the woman who took it out was like, oh, yeah, it makes your periods longer and more painful. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Great. So that was probably around 2015. And then I never used anything ever again post-2015. And I have never gotten accidentally pregnant. That was seven years ago. I stopped all form of contraception. That is not to say, and I have to be very clear because I don't want to be paying you child support. I use the period tracker app very carefully. What it does is it'll highlight some green days before ovulation where you could get pregnant. So you could get pregnant up to six days before you ovulate. The danger with it, even if you avoid sex on all those danger days and the day after you ovulate, is that not everyone ovulates all the time exactly when they think they will. So there are women who use what's called the rhythm method. They look at other cues for ovulation like body temperature. So they wake up every day before they even get out of bed, they take their temperature. I think it rises a little bit when you're about to ovulate. I'm not really sure. I don't do that. They also look at cervical mucus. So if you're really dry and your cervix is like tucked up high, you're not ovulating. Presumably if your cervix is like lower and soft, like ripe fruit, and you have like an egg white cervical mucus that's like stretchy and slippery then you're ovulating but again this is not true for everyone and it has not always been true for me I've ovulated times that I had like negative ovulation tests not egg white cervical mucus and no signs but I like magically ovulated so I wouldn't recommend anyone use this as a form of contraception if you really don't want to have another baby but I can roll the dice with myself. Do you know what I mean? But I can't recommend that you do it because it's not 100%. But even condoms and the pill are not 100%. So if you know your own body and you feel like you know when you ovulate and your scheduled period comes very regularly, then you can reliably use this app most of the time. But please be advised that like nothing is perfect. But my personal preference is not to have any contraception, not to have any drugs ever. And I never got accidentally pregnant doing that. And then when I got pregnant with my husband, I was actively trying to get pregnant. So don't worry. Um, like if you were my sister, I would say go for it. But I don't know your cycle. So you're going to have to make that decision for yourself. But that is all the information that I have. Good luck. And if you have another baby, it's not ever the end of the world, is it? <laughs> they are a wonderful blessing. Or give head. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Series 2 of Telling Everybody Everything. I look forward to the next 99 episodes in this series. If you'd ever like to write me a letter, that address is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I am back on tour May 5th, 6th, 7th at the Palladium in London. But before that, I'm doing the Netflix is a Joke Festival in Los Angeles, April 29th. I have, is it April 29th or maybe April 30th? Uh Uh-oh. 
It's late April at the Regent Theater in Los Angeles. If you live in America, there are some tickets available to the late show. The early show is sold out. I'm very lucky to be doing it. I'm also going to be really on edge because I'm away from Fred and Violet. (sighs) But I will make the best of it. I'm excited to be traveling again. Thank you so much if you've read my book, The Audacity. It goes on sale from time to time. It's on Kindle. It's on Audible. It's going to be out as a paperback soon. We did a whole new shoot for that. As always, I appreciate your support. I'm sorry for leaving you hanging for two weeks, but, you know, 100 episodes to fall back on, and it won't happen again for 99 more episodes. I'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm. 